I, I help them improve their local economy is really what my goal is. So if you can help them improve their economy, and it's not, not about jobs, but it's about work. Why is improving an economy important? Well, let's, let's look at what causes social problems, right? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Luciano. On this episode, I spoke with my friend, Dean Whitaker. Dean is a guy who looks at trends and uses those trends and data and numbers to advise his clients on making business decisions. On top of that, we really just had a great conversation. We kind of meandered and got into things, kind of just, uh, you know, chewing the fat, shooting the shit, but, you know, it was a great time. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you learn some things. Introducing my friend, Dean Whitaker. So I've got the topics written out this time ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> big, big status. Um, so I've been experimenting. The two microphones didn't work last time. We did it. Um, my voice was coming on both microphones. Oh. But you sounded perfect. I mean, you sounded straight off of NPR or something, man. Wow. <laughs> scary thought. NPR, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Well, by new, that, a new career. Uh, I meant like, uh, like you were you know, <clears throat> speaking calmly and sounded educated. So that's what I guess I mean by NPR. <laughs> calmly and educated? Sounded. Sounded educated. Oh. Scary thought. <laughs> Well, I met a fascinating guy yesterday. Oh, yeah? He was on the bus. You know about the bus? You were riding the bu- like a public bus? No, he was on the bus. Oh, the, bus the bus is a bus that's going around the country. Um, and the title of their, their mission is Vote Common Good. And so they go around almost like a, a revival for political movement called the Common Good. And trying to motivate people to get out, get active, and get engaged. It was fascinating what they're doing. I learned a lot. I mean, yeah. it, it, there are things we can do. You know, we sit back here and we think, God, there's nothing I can do about this crap that's going on in Washington. Correct. But there is. You, you can go out and, and encourage people to get out, run for office, and vote, and support those who run for office. You know, it's like, okay, we can do that. I want to bring it to, um, you're a trendy guy. Trendy. Trendy guy, um, in the in, in a oh, macro level yeah. and I, in a I, micro level. I look at I look at trends. I do. Yeah, so you look at trends at a macro level, mm-hmm. and you take those data analytics and turn it into business intelligence, mm-hmm. so that your clients can make smarter, more educated decisions that are more likely to work out for them in the end. Correct. And then in the micro level, you're like seventy years old. Seventy-two. Seventy-two, and you've got the brand new AirPods, <laughs> stem cell research. I would say they're they're scratching an itch, hmm. a curiosity itch. Curiosity itch. All right. Yeah. I'm curious about technology. You know, those state of the art iPods are are. I'm curious about the technology of those. How do they work? How do they make them? What do they do? You've been curious about stuff since you've been born. Since you've been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this time. Yeah. And so I've been very curious about things. What are like um. You were telling us about four trend pushers. Correct. These are the these are the drivers behind trends. Yeah. So if you think about the trend analysis, which we've talked about, you know, in terms of the trends that I see out there in the next three to five and beyond five years, the drivers behind those trends are really four basic things. And this comes out of a book called Think Like a Futurist. Okay. And what she said is the one of the drivers is competition for resources, and, and these are in hierarchical order. So these are Kind of from the bottom up. Okay. 
So these are the big drivers. So, uh, and if you think about it, all wars are fought over resources. And what are we doing? All in, wars. All wars. All wars. All wars are fought over resources: land, water, oil, minerals, uh, rare minerals. Now with China, you're not talking about the war in Iraq, are you? I am. Uh, and and it's been a uh, surrogate war for a long time. You know, we've used these other countries where we go over there and 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 get them to kill each other on our behalf. You know, they're kind yeah. of like, oh, let's go to Yemen and have that have our war over there rather than have it come here. The second one up is technology. And if you think about technology, the challenge with technology right now is it changes at an exponential rate. We talked about my iPads, my iPods. Yeah, AirPods. AirPods, sorry. And um, that that is second, third generation now. Yep. And I have a basement full of first generation of everything, <laughs> including I have a, the first generation Segway. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean... And I still use it. I mean, but the other other stuff, I put it in a box, original box, put it back up on the shelf, and buy the next one, whatever the next one is. <laughs> Interesting. So I have the... So, You've got that curiosity. Um, yeah, and that's really what drives. So the technology, the tricky part here is, look how fast it changed, right? I bought yes. the first iPads in September, and in October... No, I bought the first iPads in August. I... I not iPads. AirPods. I, AirPods. <laughs> I bought the first ones in September, in August, and the second one in, in September. That's how fast the technology was changing Right. as I was trying to catch up to it. <laughs> and so the point is it's changing at an exponential rate. Yeah. What that means is changing at an accelerating rate. It's an ex- exponential trend. Yes, exactly. And so if you look at the trends around us, some of the, the technology is changing so fast it's a, it's a, if you mathematically speaking, it's a it's a it's a almost a vertical curve now for technology, and we're trying to catch up at a linear pace. Right. So we're 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 trying to. It's like a a dog chasing a car that's accelerating. Yeah. We're never going to catch up. Yeah. So our only solution to trying to stay relevant in this fast changing world is to anticipate change, hmm. rather than try to adapt to it. Okay. Yeah. So what we're doing right now is we're trying to adapt to the changes going on around us. Right, and that's like chasing a car when you're a dog. Yeah, and it's like the car standing still. Right? But the car is not standing still; it's accelerating. Right. Away from us. <laughs> because, right? Yeah, you, you get the iPhone eight, then iPhone nine, then yeah, iPhone ten. Yeah, but if the dog is really smart, it cuts through the block, right? Yeah. And goes to the other side of the street where you're going when you go around the corner. The dog's already there. And you can look at data data analytics to do so. Yes, exactly. You can see the pattern within the data. That's that really sense. what data analytics. We're looking for the pattern within the data. So what's and the so the third one is yeah. demographics, and this is why it's really interesting, because you already know seventy to eighty percent of what's going to happen demographically, and in fact, all of these trends you already know. Well, if you look at the trends, you should be able to know, right? Well, yeah. If you just think about it, let's look. Let's talk demographic just for a second. Okay. So, how many people do you know in your workplace that have the probability or the ability to retire the next three to five years? What percentage of the workforce, hmm. let's say at Spectrum Hospital right now, yeah. would be eligible to retire the next three to five years? I mean, probably a lot in the whole hospital. Yeah, um, I'm talking the whole hospital. I've got a team of like ten, so yeah. But the whole hospital, I, I mean, out of 30,000 people, probably several hundred. 25%. And in, and in five years, the number will go to 
So you're talking about 15,000 people in the next 10 years yep. who are going to be eligible to retire. Yep. Now what? Okay. So you're going to lose <laughs> yeah. half, you're gonna lose half of your staff. I was giving this talk to the Tennessee Valley Authority small community uh, workshop. And uh, one of the people in the audience, I said, how many people are going to retire uh, within your community in the next three to five years? And the guy raised his hand and said, in our school system, half of our teachers. Yeah. So all I'm trying to say, now here's a trend, right? Yep. That's driving everything else. There are 10,000 baby boomers like me eligible to retire every day for the next 20 years. Every Every day, day. for the next 20 years. Holy cow. You know what that means? No. <laughs> well, let's, let's look at a couple things. Well, those, those, uh, those jobs have to be replaced, right? And it also means that the next generation is going to be the money spenders, right? So whatever to... they're interested in is what's going to sell. Yeah, sort of that. Well, the baby boomers are still have, they're going to be pulling money out of the stock market because they're going to be oh. living on it. So you take money out of the market. What happens when you pull money out of the market? The uh, prices that, go down. Uh-huh. So there's going to be fewer dollars chasing the stock market. Hmm. And so anyway, that's just one thing to think about. How about the healthcare system? What about the healthcare system? Well, <laughs> so I'm a baby boomer. Remember, we spend 60% of our healthcare cost in the last month of our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 60% of the money that's spent on you for your healthcare will be spent in the last month of your life. Oh, my God. Yeah, and? It's, I mean, come on now. <laughs> yeah, all right. So... You may decide that maybe I'm not as important as I thought I was, and decide that, to pull that was a thought. But I was thinking <laughs> that I was like I was. I didn't want to say it, but I was like, look, man, if I've only got a month, like just put that cash to like the kids, give it to to give it to people. You know what I mean? Let that be something useful other than trying to keep me alive on life. And support. in Oregon, you can do that. Oh, thank God for Oregon! You should be able to do that, right? Well, maybe in in, in my mind, you should. I mean, it's your life. If yeah. You, if you decide to end it, as long as you don't hurt anybody else. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to do it, or if, I, if I'm going to die anyway, you know what I mean, at old age or something, and, like, I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, mm-hmm. like, but I think I, a lot of life is enjoying life. I would share one story with you. My, doc, my sister died when she was 36 from multiple sclerosis. Okay. And in the last five years of her life, she could hardly move. But yet, she impacted hundreds of people's lives because they all cared for her. They all would come and see her. They would all be inspired by the way she lived. And, uh, and so even though we think we're not doing anything, we're mm-hmm. doing something. So you have to okay. stop and think about, you know, when do you want to punch out and why? Yeah. And, and maybe the, maybe you're playing a bigger role than you know. Yeah. So I can... demographic. All right. So that's demographics. And the, and the last one, the highest one on, the, on this hierarchy is governance. Okay. The question is, how are we going to govern ourselves? And, they, and that gets back to not just so much Republican and Democrat stuff, but how right. are we going to govern our society? How do we want to be governed as a, as a group of people, as a group that comes together and for the common good decide this is the structure we want to operate under? Do mm-hmm. we want to operate under a fascist government? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Probably not. Probably. <laughs> just, just oh, right, it. right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but those are the four drivers behind trends. If you want to map out the trends for yourself, sit down with a piece of paper and you write across the top of it the word STEEP, S-T-E-E-P. Yeah. Stands for Social, Technological, Economic, Environmental, and Political Trends. And so those are the columns. And down the side, you put zero to three, meaning years, three to five years, and beyond five. And you fill out this matrix, and now you have a map of the future. Because 
So you take the one, two, three. So it's one year, two years, and three years? No, I go zero to, zero to three. I put them into three big chunks. Zero to three years, three oh. to five years, and past five years. Okay. And you fill out that matrix with the trends that you already know using a framing question. And the one that I built was the question is, what's the future of work? What's the future of work? Yeah, so what's work look like in the future, right? Mm. So yeah. that's the question. So let's look at some social trends. So uh, one that comes right off the top of my head is cybersecurity, cyber war. All right. Valid. All right. So that so put that in your matrix. Is it zero to three? Mm, probably. Is it beyond three? Mm, probably. Is it going to get worse? Probably. I mean, artificial intelligence-driven hacking is, is happening right now. So you can begin to see how it's escalating. It's an increasing trend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's that... just that's just one 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 box in our matrix. Okay. Um, let's look look over at the technology side. Well, we know artificial intelligence is is here now. Yeah. We know that chatbots now have replaced the call center people. We do know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so you know you can kind of go through the different technologies you you already know of. Yeah. And then look, okay, let, let's extrapolate that out into the future. Well, right now it's going to be, it's man plus machine. Well, right now it's man, and then it's then it becomes man plus machine, and then it becomes machine. So if you look at the progression, so yeah. you're going to have your 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 uh, virtual assistant now, right? They mm-hmm. use Siri or pick one, yeah. uh, use Alexa or whatever you want. That, Google Siri Alexa. Yeah. So <laughs> so use so right now we have our have a virtual assistant, mm-hmm. but pretty soon we won't need that virtual. My my assistant will talk to your assistant. Really. <clears throat> that makes sense. And can already, by the way. So they're, they're already out there now where my AI will call your AI and say, hey, Dean wants to meet with you. Uh, what, what's your, what's your uh, owner, owner, if that's the word? Yeah. What, what's your pet uh, person? <laughs> what's your pet human? <laughs> what's your yeah. pet human doing next Tuesday? What, what does your master wish for? <laughs> <laughs> so you got the gist of the idea yeah. here. So that's just one example of where the technologies. Escalating, and I'll get like a notification saying, "Oh, Dean wants to meet at eight thirty. No, and we never talked. Oh, no, no, not that. Not even that. You would get up in the morning, look at your calendar. Where am I supposed to be today? Hmm. All right, I'm yeah. supposed to. I'm supposed to be here at eight thirty this morning. Interesting. And, it, and it would, you wouldn't even think about it. You would just show up here. Yeah. And know that I trust it, the AI. Yeah, you would already know that everything's already been arranged, and you just. It, it's like yeah. it's like um, the driving apps now on your phone how many people actually know where they are oh my god dude i'm so bad with this all right like people like i'll go you know meet people two hours away oh what road did you take (laughs) i don't know dude like i put on a podcast and i looked at my gps the whole time i don't know how to get turn left turn right (laughs) next corner turn right i have no idea where i am yeah and so that's what i'm trying to get at yeah. Is it, we're going to start living more and more like that, I think. And then let's look at some econ- a couple economics. Concentration yeah. of wealth in the hands of a few. That's pretty well slam dunk done. Yep. Easy peasy. Yeah. So that's an obvious one. Uh, some other things. So how does that relate to future of work? Uh, who's going to work? People who don't have the wealth. N- no. Oh. What? No, they're not. They've been replaced. If you look at at what happened from 1970 up until today, all the increase in productivity has gone to capital. 
wages the, have been the benefits fl- from the increase in productivity. Right, all the all the increase in value of pro- all the in value increase in productivity, all the value that our increase in productivity has created has yeah. all gone to capital. Hence the saying, the rich get richer. Yeah, and so if you look at wages from the 70s and allow for inflation, it's flat. Oh my goodness. Yeah, oh my goodness. That's but right. the pay of CEOs is like four or 600 times exactly. bigger. Yeah, precisely. Because they're being rewarded because mm. of, of the benefits they're providing to their stockholders. Okay, so machines are doing the work. Okay. People at top are getting all the money. Yeah. Where does it leave everybody in the middle? Um, if they're lucky, a guaranteed minimum income. Mm. That's it? That'd be just poppers? <laughs> poppers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's an 80-20 split. Mm. My world. Yeah. My 80, 80 is what I call no's and no-nots. Mm. The educated people are the 20%. The uneducated people are the 80%. The 80% will be uh, on a some form of guaranteed minimum income. Mm-hmm. Enough money not to starve to death. Enough money to, to have a shelter. Enough money to have a mm, modest food. To afford your, your, um, your Amazon Prime rent and afford your Amazon Prime meals. <laughs> <laughs> and, and living... I don't know if you've, you've seen the movie or heard of it, uh, Ready Player One. No. So here's what Ready Player One is about. So it's a, 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 a sci-fi book, and it's also a movie. But it, it, it in the future, you live in a shipping container. Now, hold on a minute. People are already doing that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you wear virtual goggles. You get up in the morning, you put on your virtual goggles, and now you live in a virtual world that's been created. Oh, so pretty. Yeah. And... You have a, a haptic suit on, which means it, mm. it stimulates all your nerve endings. Right. So when you touch something, you're not actually touching it, but it makes you feel like you're touching it. Correct. So I, I actually had um, the Oculus Rift. virtual go- goggles, Rift 2, yeah. um, and I, I sent them back. Yeah, you were saying that. And I sent them back because it, it was too disorienting. I, there was times when I couldn't tell. You couldn't tell? Virtual versus real. Seriously? Seriously, but the graphics aren't even that good yet. But I got immersed in it, and mm. I, my mind was so into it. Your mind adapted to it. Yeah, interesting. That's kind of like um, you can get these goggles that um, flip everything upside down, and I think it's like a matter of like six hours, or maybe it's you like a whole day. It. You adjust to it, and um, so like you're seeing the whole world upside down, but you're able to function in it properly, um, even though it's upside down. <laughs> yeah. Well, we think it is. Right. How do we how do we know this is this is right side up? <laughs> oh my goodness. Don't get me started on there. <laughs> so, so anyway, we've got um we've got social, we got technology, economics. What's the second E? Um environmental. Environmental. Okay, so what are we seeing environmental trends that impacts the future of work? Well, here where we live in Holland, Michigan, our lake is up at the maximum level it's ever been. Uh, yeah, probably going to get higher. And it's supposed to get higher this spring. Yeah. And so right now, the houses built around the lake are being uh, eroded into the lake. I'll be at the beach, and somebody will um, come from out of town, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they've they heard about the beautiful beaches in Holland, right? And they show up, and they're like, I've heard countless times, is this it? Because the water level's so high that there's no beach. It goes right up to the dune grass. Yep. Yep. And that's happened in lots of places. And also, when a storm comes up, it erodes the bank so much, unless you have a seawall constructed and your house is, is close to the edge of the lake, which a lot of wealthy people's houses are, yeah. they tend to 
fall into the lake. <laughs> and so there's houses being torn down um, because like they're slid so, back 400 feet. Yeah, or moved back if they can be. But a lot of them are, are constructed in such a way they can't be moved, so they tear them down. Oh my goodness. So and I'm and I'm only saying that in terms of our climate is changing. Okay. Yeah. Now we could argue whether whether it is or isn't, and a lot of people will say, well, this is just a cyclical trend. We sure. can talk about trends for a moment. I do want to do that uh, in a bit, though, after we yeah. get this. And seat. so what we're seeing right now is change, right? Yeah. And a change is movement over time. So if you think about a formula, C equals movement on top over time. So we're seeing a movement of some C kind. C is change. Yeah. Equals. And, and movement is anything that, cha- anything that moves. Okay. So anything that moves. That's the numerator? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the denominator is what? Time. Time. Oh, okay. So the, it's ch- it's basically change over time is what's yeah. happening. So time could be like seconds or hours or years. Anything. And then, okay. The other, th- you know, we say, where are we in the in the scheme of things? Well, you know, we talk about a linear trend. A linear trend means that it doesn't ever cycle back around again. Right. So like but, if it's going up, it's going to keep going up at the same speed. Correct. And But, however, we may only be seeing a small snippet of it mm-hmm. if you saw it over a 5,000 year history that it, it may actually turn out to be cyclical right yeah and so um, I wanted actually to touch on cyclical versus um, linear trends right mm-hmm. because um, I have a story about how I fell trapped to this and people fall trapped to it all the time um, where um, I thought I was experiencing a linear trend when in fact it was a cyclical trend so I had bought some cryptocurrency, right? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, so this is how smart I am. <laughs> but I bought some cryptocurrency, right? I put in $500. I ended up selling for $700 um, a few months later, and I made 200 bucks, right? But the issue was, if I, I thought I was on a linear trend. If I would have sold at the max, I would have sold at $2,500, right? And uh, I showed my friend, I was like, dude, look, I put in 500 bucks a couple weeks ago or however long it was, and now it's $2,500, dude. And he's like, you should sell that, right? Because in his mind, cyclical trend, it goes up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down, right? My mind, linear trend. It's been going up. It's going to continue to keep going up. So I'm like, no, dude, you're dumb. I'm going to have $10,000 this time next year from $500 I put in. Like, are you kidding me? This is, and then a couple of weeks later, um, the the famous crypto crash happened, and I, I had to sell. <laughs> had to or did? Um, I didn't have to, but I'm glad that I did because I'd have even less than if I if I didn't sell at that yeah. time. Well, and and now, and now I'm out of the game. I'm out of the game. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for uh, the indicators to come back. I guess. Okay. Like, but yeah. but anyway, what you learned was the difference. Yes, what, what I learned you... was the difference, and yeah. I also learned that hey, look, it's. Um, it's important to know the difference and to ask yourself, is this a linear cyclical trend? Correct. And that's the that's the mistake a lot of us make. Yeah. In life, you know, we think we're on a that this is a linear trend that we're we're on. Yeah, and we're freaking out about it. Yeah, but it could end up being cyclical. Yeah. Now, some would say aging is linear, as an example of a linear trend. Okay. You continue to get older. I think I would say that until you tell me otherwise. Well. But maybe that's just this lifetime. Mm. What, mm. I like that. What if this isn't the only lifetime? I'm looking at your little Buddha guy over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what if this is not our only time here? Yeah. And well, I've heard of um, people having experiences where um, it's like kind of like near death, and they mm-hmm. kind of went to the place where they felt was familiar. Mm-hmm. 
even though in regular everyday life it wasn't if it wasn't for this special experience they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have known that place existed yeah. but and, they uh, went to that place and, and like and a lot of people would say that deja vu experience they're having was because they were there a fraction of a second ago <laughs> you know your brain was there a fraction of a second ago and now it feels like you've been there before because now you talking quantum level well could be that's interesting, and, too. And that's a whole nother... That's a whole nother podcast talking about <laughs> yeah, quantum things. <laughs> so, um, so linear cyclical trends in the environment, mm -hmm. how does that impact work? Well, a couple ways. So, um, we think we're going to have this this job forever, right? Yeah. And we think that this is going to be, that it's a stable position that we're in. We, mm -hmm. we, I'm a marketing manager. Yeah, I've got I'm this accountant. secure position that I'm in. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about my security, my income, because this is going to go on forever. They've always had accountants. They're yeah. always going to need to count your money. So therefore, and I'm And what you find out is those positions are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon they, they announced the new AI that they brought into the insurance company. Right. And we don't need these 40 top positions anymore because the AI is going to do that. So let's go into the future a little bit further. Yeah. How would you feel about working for an AI? Working for an AI? Yeah. I would feel devalued. I would feel like a, another, like a literal cog in the machine. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I what if, feel very good. And what if you had to apply to the AI to oh work? I would go to a third world country where they don't have this <laughs> yet and go work there. I wouldn't do it. But but so here here's the scenario. So the AI takes a look at your resume and said, Lucy, I'm sorry, we don't have a need for any more designers. We're, we're full up on designers. Oh uh, we'll put you on your guaranteed minimum income. You could go sit on the beach. I'm going to find the mainframe and cut a couple of wires. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, this gets back to ethics, right? Yeah. So this gets back to the conversation that's circulating right now about ethics and artificial intelligence. Should we have some sort of control that, on the development of an AI? That's interesting. And so... If do we have an off button for the AI? Yeah, for the AI. Mm. All right. Well, 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 right, because if we create something that is self-aware, these are scenarios, right? Yeah, these it's, it's good to play with it, right? And to, like, it's as a mind exercise. Yep. Think about what that might happen because um, it's kind of like because right now we're seeing um, like the coronavirus happening, yep. right? But um, for the past however long. Hospitals and cities have been practicing what would happen if a, like a serious pandemic happened, right? Mm -hmm. Not because um, they're paranoid or something like that, but because it's kind of a real possibility. Mm -hmm. And it's good just to practice, right? Even though you don't know what it might look like, it's good to practice being in that scenario, even mentally. Now, when you think about this particular one spreading because you don't know you have it, yeah, and so you can you can infect other people, not even knowing knowing that you you don't have a fever. You're you're spreading that virus unknowingly to other yeah. people, and so and then you put them on a cruise ship, and pretty soon you have sixty people now that have been infected on a cruise ship. My goodness! And so you quarantine the shoot the the ship off of the coast of Yokohama right now for two weeks. Now another sixty people get infected because they're still on the ship. Oh my gosh! You get the story here. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it all started because of a fellow from Hong Kong that was got got out in Japan, got off in Hong Kong, and he was the one he was the the one person who was infected. He's off the ship, but the, the people he infected are still on the ship, and now they're in quarantine in their room on the ship. 
not on not just on the ship but in their room on the ship. Oh my gosh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks so bad. Yeah, it probably does. Yeah. But I only bring that up because now there's a second one. There's a second cruise ship. Oh, I'm like, a second coronavirus? <laughs> no, a second cruise ship that's been quarantined. Oh my gosh. So you can begin to see, anytime you put a large group of people from various parts of the world yeah. together. That's a risk. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a friend who... Uh, he deals with purchasing like mm-hmm. parts from China. I'll bet. And he didn't hear from um, this person that he's in regular contact with for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what the heck? And then finally he gets an email from the guy's assistant that says, sorry, um, so-and-so has been in quarantine for the past couple of weeks mm-hmm. because uh, he doesn't have it, but they had, we had to check. Yep. And so, oh, oh my goodness, this is real stuff. You see it on the news. You're like, oh, it's never going to happen to me. It's not going to affect me, right? But it's... It's in Illinois and Wisconsin right now. And it's in Michigan, isn't it? There's, I don't or, know. No, somebody, there's three people in like Detroit that were tested for it and they mm-hmm. didn't have it. Something like that. So would you get on an airplane right now? Uh, this is not the time to get on an airplane for me. Luckily, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any plans to do so in the near future. But I was like, huh, you know, if I was, if I was in a spot, what if I didn't want to, you know, go on a vacation somewhere? Like, mm-hmm. am I going to let that stop me? I mean, perhaps I should, but I probably wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of where you are. I'm leaving on Sunday to go to Tampa, Florida to speak at a conference. There you go. So I wonder if anyone's going to be at the conference to speak to. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be there. Uh, it's a question of are they going to be there uh, with the coronavirus. <laughs> so do you want to be with 500 people from various parts of the United States for, for three days? From the United States, I'd say okay. I'd say okay. All right. They're, but they're, oh, they are the type of people who go to conferences, and those are the type of people who travel. <laughs> these are the extroverts on the planet. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they need people. They need to be around people. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, well, I, I, I did order my air mask from Amazon. Okay, so there I, you go. I have a stash of air masks if I need them. But. I, I feel like I need to get a couple. I thought about buying into a, um, who is like the largest like 3M. Air, air mask 3M? Just getting some 3M uh, stock. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought yep. about doing that. But um, anyway, so for the last one, political. Yeah. What are political trends that impact the future of work? Okay. Um, so the question is, um, well, let's take a couple looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple little things. So we we hold withhold money from the Ukraine for weapons. And also, then we weaken the UN by holding funds back from the UN. So the UN can't come in and defend the Ukraine, <laughs> and that just opens the door for Russia to move in. Now, how does that affect work? Yeah. Well, what comes? You know, what happens to the people that bought our product? What happens to the people that um, are employed uh, by by that have businesses in those countries? Oh, got you. What happens to them? They lose out. Yeah. So I mean. And now we're going national, right? We're, we're becoming nationalistic. We're building walls. Mm. So we build walls between here and Mexico. We, yeah. Well, we, they're taking our jobs, so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're taking the jobs we won't do. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. <laughs> but here's demographically, let's look at that for a moment. Our birth rate is 1.2. What happens if we wall ourselves off from the rest of the world? Our birth rate's probably going to go down. Well, it already is 1.2. That means it's less than replacement. 1.2? That's 1. Yeah. That's, that's 0.2 over replacement, right? No. No? 
you got two people, right, that have 1.2 children. Um, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So eventually, you <laughs> your population shrinks, which is what's happened in Germany, Spain, Italy, uh, Japan, Japan, China, and China. Oh, especially China. Yeah. Their, their one-child policy is, you know, how long does it take to to grow a twenty-five-year-old? Twenty-five years. Right. Huh. So they have no. I, I don't see the math there, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but in order to get a twenty-five, you need a twenty-five-year-old worker. Yeah, to someone to fill a position, yeah. produce for the economy. Right. So now you don't have enough people to even operate your economy. Mm. So what and, do you do then? Um, you, you Augment it with technology? Well, that's one. So when, when you don't have enough people, right now we have a, about 6,300 open positions in Holland, Michigan today. 6,300. 6,300? Open positions, unfilled jobs. For educa- educated positions? Not necessarily. All positions. All positions. Uh, there's 126 uh, postings for engineers in Holland, Michigan today. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So we, we can't fill all the jobs we already have. Yeah. Is one of the issues. And part of that's demographics. We don't have the people. Mm. So what do you do? Um, you go steal them. Immigration. Bingo. But what do we just do with our with our policies? We made it harder to immigrate here. Yeah. We said we don't want you. We're building walls. Stay home. <laughs> well, well, they're dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> but you understand what I'm getting to. So yeah. back to political. So we've just shot ourselves in the foot by, by cutting us off from one of the largest demographic growing populations, which is Mexico. And better educated now than they've ever been. Yeah, people don't realize that. Like, Mexico used to be, like, the place to go for education. Yeah, so now if you look at what's happening is we've kind of flipped over and we're trying to become nationalistic and um, Mm. protectionist. And we're withdrawing from globalization. So we're, we're, we're abandoning trade as a policy. Yeah. Now, where does where does trade fit into the to jobs? Right? How many jobs are created through trade? I mean, thousands. I was like hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands Mil- of jobs. Million. What happens if we don't sell our Boeing aircraft to other countries? That's less job. That shrinks the economy. Yeah. 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 So the economy shrinks. Yeah. Some would call that a recession. Some call it a depression. So when you're 25, 30 years old, looking for a job, these kinds of policies make it harder in the long run. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. So back to polit- back to the political trends. So one yeah. of our trends is glo- uh, anti-globalization, anti well, national nationalism. Yeah. Uh, put America first. American made. Yep. America first. <laughs> I don't necessarily argue with that policy. Okay. What I do argue with it, it sounds like, it sounds good, right? I would I would prefer yeah. I think. But it doesn't have to be or, it could be and. Mm. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to say yeah. it's America, it's us or them, and and it's the that's them. a false dichotomy. Yeah. So it, it's the them that bothers me. It's yeah. always the them because you have to demonize somebody. Yeah. You know those immigrants that are coming in here that rape and pillage and plunder. Yep. Yeah, we got to keep them out of here. So we we'll yeah, build a wall. You give them certain names to dehumanize them. Yep. Just like and you make them the enemy. Yeah. And then you convince a folks that are not well educated that they are in fact the enemy yeah or you could even do that with like 
different political parties. You could, you know, all of these guys are, they're, yeah. <laughs> you, you can start doing that where you make people upset with their neighbors. Yep. When in fact you are in the same boat, but you just happen to cling on to a couple ideas that, you know, you can, you have a right to cling on to those ideas. But it's like a false dichotomy where it's it's us versus them, and it's a false dichotomy because it's never us versus them; it's all of us. And that's back to the common good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because so the idea of common good, um, kind of puts the false dichotomy to the side, mm-hmm. where it's what's what's good for me is probably good for all of us. So let's think a little bit about Holland, Michigan, again, using as an example. So we've got back in the in the 1800s, we didn't have access to Lake Michigan. Um, we had this river called the Black River that wound around and and was sand choked uh, as it flowed into Lake Michigan. Oh. So we had no channel. We had no way to get a get a, a boat in or out. So we pleaded with the federal government to give us money to dredge out the channel so that we could get ships in and out of out of Lake Lake Mac, which is actually the Black River. That became Lake, Lake Macatawa. Yeah. Well, is oh. always was, but it's oh. act, Lake Macintyre is actually the Black River. If you if you that, if you trace it, you sure set the Brown River. <laughs> well, maybe, um, but what happened was for the common good, a bunch of people got together, got shovels, and said, "Well, the federal government won't do it. We'll go do it." And, really? Yeah, exactly. Go read your history. Um, and they went out I'm and competing with AI. I don't have time. <laughs> all right, they went out and dug the channel. That became the channel that connected Lake Mac to Lake Michigan. That's insane. Uh, I can't imagine people doing that today. Um, maybe, maybe not. There, there's. I went down to New Orleans after the hurricane and tried to help out. Yeah. Now, a couple things I saw when I was there. One was people help other each other. Yeah. And then I also saw people sitting on their porch waiting for the government to help them. <laughs> the government never came. Right. So. Well, I shouldn't say never. Um, it was late to the party. Yeah, quite late. Too, a little, too little, too late. Yeah. Uh, but then you saw a, a principal in the Ninth Ward, which was the poorest part of New Orleans, commandeer the FEMA trailers and, and rebuild her school system and yeah. get kids back in school. Yeah. Because she said, my school is going to open. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's stories like that down there, too. Uh, but there's mm-hmm. also the, the people just waiting on their porch for the welfare check to show up. I heard about um, places, like cities that were, um, they have gone through a tragedy together mm-hmm. are some of the happiest places following the tragedy mm-hmm. because it builds a sense of community where everyone's on the same ground, like Purpose. this happened to all of us. So we're going to go through something here in, in the end of May, which is called Future Search. Future Search. And it, what it is, it's a group of people coming together for three days and talking about the future of the community. Who are these people? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. If you go to, the, there's a website. How can I get them on my podcast? <laughs> well, there, there's a website, actually. I don't have the URL, but I, I'll get it for you. Gotcha. Uh, that describes this whole process. When I moved here in 1994, there was a future search process going on then. Hmm. And I was so taken by the fact that somebody was actually thinking about the future. Yeah. You know, rather than just kind of letting it happen. Right. They were mapping it out. Trying to figure out how you can influence things to make good so stuff happen. If you go back yeah. to the experience you and I had at New North. Yeah. Uh, so my, my interest there was future scenarios um, process. That was the class 
that I that was the module that I appreciated most. Yeah, and that I, was a fun one. Yeah, and I built a whole business around predictive analytics using future scenarios for well, industry clusters. Did you do that based on that? You did, did it based on that? Yep. Oh my goodness, that's sweet. And that's where Steep came from mm-hmm. that we've just talked about. Did you help develop Steep? Uh-uh. Nope, that was that was part of the class. Yep, yep, I But that. the matrix idea and how to apply it and use it for a framing question, remember they just gave us the tool. They right. didn't really tell us what to do with it. And yeah. so what I did with it, I said, okay, what's the future of work look like? I like that a lot because like a lot of us we want just like answers to everything, mm-hmm. right? We want people to do the thinking for us. I mean, I'm in this boat all the time. Um, but it's much better to give someone the tool, give them something the fishing pole, and they figure out how sure. to fish, or they or you teach them how to use it, and they go use it. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a thousand different ways to cast a um, cast. I don't cast your rod. I don't fish, but there's a thousand, <laughs> ways, there's a thousand ways to do it, right? But it's uh, what what fits for you, and what what specifically are you trying to do? Yeah, it gets back to what what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, yeah. And so once you figure that out, then you know how to what tools you're going to need and how to apply them. How do we figure out what we want to accomplish? Um, figure out where your passions are mm. and, and what are you passionate about. What do you care about? Yeah. What's going to animate you when you wake up in the morning so what, that you're like, I'm excited to What gives you life? This. Right? Yeah. What, what, what makes you animated? What gives you life? I like that. Because a lot of us wake up in the morning on Monday. Most heart attacks happen on Monday. Did you know that? Only because of our last podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just about, you know, you get up Monday morning and say, oh, I got to go to work. Yeah. yeah, Got the Mondays. And it's a Monday. I got five more days of this to go through. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And so if that's your view of the world, that's a terrible place to be. Yeah. You're wasting five sevenths of your life. Yeah. At least. Yeah. So you think about that. I mean, waiting for the weekend is not not the place to be. No, absolutely not. So anyway. I like that. um, I think we're... Um, I said the New North class was very helpful to me. Yeah. So you um, you talk about like five things that um, – so your primary thing for using data analytics and business intelligence mm-hmm. is you advise clients on um, understanding real estate. Well, actually, it's not – that's – a piece of it. Oh, dang it. It's only a piece of it. <laughs> Almost, I, I could barely wrap my mind around that one. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's more, think about it, it's economics. Okay. Right? I, I help them improve their local economy. That's really what my goal is. So if you can help them improve their economy, and it's not, not about jobs, but it's about work. Why is improving an economy important? Well, let's, let's look at what causes social problems, right? Ain't got no money, ain't got no opportunities, so you're going to go out and try and create your own opportunities. The easiest way to do so is probably through illegal means. Correct. And what happens with that? Well, you end up in jail, and then your kids end up having an even harder start than you did, and they try to do the exact same thing because that's all they know. Then they end up in jail, and then they end up having kids because you're 16 and you're uneducated, and you don't like, you know, all you got to do is bad things. So you you know that the... Number of jail cells needed is predicted by the reading level of the third grade. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. I mean, I believe it, but it's, like it's been, it's to been, hear those words, it's been proven. So the number of jail cells that you need will be determined by the reading level of the kids in the third grade. I believe it. And so, if you can't read, what do you do? You just yell. I don't know. No, you you drop out of school. Mm. Not you drop out of school. Schools for 
nerds. Well, I can't read, and I'm not going to stand up in front of the class when my teacher calls on me to read, and I, I don't know how. Yeah, and the teacher's not compassionate with you, and they're just they're, they're well, making they're, you feel dumb, maybe. Well, I, I'd give teachers more credit than that. But okay. remember, the teacher's got 20, 24 of you, or maybe 30 of you in the classroom. Yeah, well, I went to um, Holland High, right? right? And so I had regular classes, and I had advanced classes, and mm-hmm. I had regular teachers and advanced teachers, right? Some of my friends had to go to like the, the slower ones. Whereas um, my class would only be two trimesters, mm-hmm. their class would be three trimesters, so it's slower, right? So it limits the number of classes they could take too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I got to take woodshop and all kinds of fun stuff um, for one, but for two, their teachers were way worse than my teachers were. They mm-hmm. had way less patience, they, were, they would make fun of kids, and I don't know if it was just you know, is it the type of kids who are going to be in that class are also going to have the shorter tempers, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you ever want an interesting experience, go substitute teach. My wife has been substitute teaching now for four years. Okay. She got up this morning. She goes to a, a web app, and it, and it tells her where, which schools need a substitute teacher today. How advanced. Which class, which subject. And who's going to be teaching, you know, and, and you sign up ahead of time and say, I'll, I'll go to that class. But she's been doing it for four years, so she knows now which teacher, which classroom, and which group of kids she wants to substitute for. Mm-hmm. And she knows which ones not to. Because there are, are schools and there are groups of kids that are hellraisers. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, she's been in situations where the classroom she got there and the classroom is out of control, literally. Yeah. Kids are just doing whatever they feel like doing. And when she got there, there were two men in the room, and when she walked in, they left. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like, okay, here, you're the sub. Here's your group of wild Here's kids. your problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These and, are your problems now. And, and then on the flip side, yeah. she's, she's, a really, she's a connector for kids. She, it pays $50 a half a day, $100 for the whole day. Yep. Miserable pay. But she loves kids, yeah. and now she's done it for four years. She can actually has have taught kids in third grade, same kids, fourth grade, at fifth grade, and sixth grade, mm. and so she's actually and she remembers their names. Good. So she's she's an exceptional sub. I'll say it that way. Yeah. And now she's sought after. So she'll have specific teachers will seek her out and say, "Hey, I'm going to be gone next Tuesday. Really? The job's not posted yet." But I'd sure appreciate it if you'd sub in my class. Yeah. She got a Christmas card from Wakazoo Woods grade school kids uh, from their Montessori class with a, a picture of all the kids in the class oh, and all of the kids had signed her Christmas card. What? Yeah. They That's her, wonderful. Well, but, but it's about connections. It's about relationships. Yeah. Heads were here, right? <laughs> I was with somebody yesterday, and, and she, she's, been in, she's not been in any position longer than two years. Yeah. And on one hand, I get it. I understand why that is. I mean, it's like, okay, next. Um, but on the other side, as an employer, I invest a lot in people. Yeah. It takes me a year of training at about $20,000 worth of, of expense to train someone to do predictive analytics the way we do it. Yeah. If that person's there for two years, I can't recover my $20,000 in two years. Right. And so why would I teach somebody if I, if I know they're only going to be there for two years. Now, the good news is, and this is where the, the shift is occurring, um, I think there's a lot of effort on employers' part, and I won't say to coddle um, millennials, but I think there's an effort to partner with them. Mm. Um, my, See, we like that. <laughs> well, my personal belief is you should be owner. 
It should be an owner. Mm. And, I, and I mean that in terms of who should own the company. I love this idea of what Atomic Objects has done in Grand Rapids, where they actually have formed an employee co-op that owns 40% of the company. Really? Now, think about this. If you got up in the morning and you were a software engineer and you're going to work yeah. and, it, and you own part of the company, yeah. how would you feel? I would get there early. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what if you didn't own part of the company? Well, I might not get. The, I might not be as inclined. You know what I mean. I would. I would tell you. Of course, I would get there early. I would always. I'm always going to work. But but the reality is, if you have that intrinsic, um, you know, value, yep. then you're you're going to do a better job if you're a part owner. Yeah, and I think that's where we need. If we're going to address the issue of equity in this country, yeah, I think it's going to be done through ownership. The issue of equity. Yeah. In the sense that um, right now it's one or a few people, you know, a handful of people who own a company that thousands of people work at. But they own all the all the factors of production, which is not, it used to be land, labor, and capital. Those were the things they taught you. Yeah, Adam Smith. Yeah, that's what they taught you in in class, right? But it's not anymore. It's actually knowledge. uh, It's knowledge and technology and it's IP and it's all those things. The ability to communicate. That's why I've been such an advocate about fiber optics in Holland. How do we connect ourselves to the world? And now we have a one gig fiber downtown, one gig up and down for 60 bucks a month, which is a bargain, um, which connects our downtown businesses to the rest of the world. So it's important to be connected to the rest of the world because that helps give you the knowledge. Well, a couple other things. Back to work for a moment. Yep. 30, exactly. There's 30 million people that work at home part of the time. Okay. In the United States. So one tenth of the American population. Yeah. So they're working at home. How do they connect? from home to their office. The internet. <laughs> and at what speed? I don't know anything about the internet speeds. All right, well, let, let's talk about that just for a moment. What's the difference? Um, a one gig fiber is a thousand times faster than a one meg a one meg download, which is what you have with your charter or uh, Comcast system. You get, mm-hmm. at most, you have one megabit really? in each direction. What you but think about it if you have a, a, a gigabit connection. Yeah. and There's no lag when we're trying to have a Teams meeting or a... a video. Yeah, yeah. Video a, a takes Zoom an call. enormous amount of bandwidth. People want to do Zoom calls, and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we've had an office in Kathmandu until recently. Mm. We moved the work. The people stayed put. Now think about this. It used to be the people moved to the work. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. the work moves to the people. Interesting. So and fiber optics allows you to do that. Correct. I like that. So now, now you have the option to be a gig worker like my wife. You can you could actually get yeah. up in the morning, go to the internet, see where your skills are needed that day, and and offer your services. I like that. So how can we look at trends, maybe for the future of work? Right. I think a lot of people listening to this, they might be beginning their careers or pre-career, um, and I think if I could speak for the audience they are going to be kind of self-improvement kind of people, right? You bet. And so if they're hearing that we are being short-termed, maybe we can have some awareness and say, oh, am I being short-term? Maybe I should be thinking more long-term, right? How can we kind of take what trends can give for us to build a long-term strategy that will work out for us to be happier in the end? Yep. Let me give you a couple ideas along those lines. One is continuous learning. Continuous learning. Staying curious. Staying curious Always be learning something. Doesn't matter what? Doesn't matter what. 
you can okay whatever you're one of my one of my about. edicts to our team here has always been write a newsletter article this month on what you've learned okay. that's all i don't care what it is you've learned but write an article about it yeah it made it did two things it made for better writers because i knew they were writing every month that's it also skill. put them on on notice i expect them to learn something every yeah. month yeah and so that's kind of the idea behind continuous learning. Yeah. The company that learns the fastest is going to be the one that's most successful. Mm. So how fast can you learn something new? Mm -hmm. Because remember, everything is changing all the time. Yeah, so we have to be adaptive. Yep. So there's one. You have to be empathetic. 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 So these are all right brain skills. Understanding people and how they all work and understanding that my brain works this way, but... You know, that might not be how his or her yeah. brain works. And also being emotional intelligent. Yeah. So there's there's AI, which is, you know, an AI and artificial intelligence. There's there's the, um, well, there, <laughs> there's EI, which is emotional intelligence. Yep. And so, you, you know, what's your emotional intelligence quotient? Emotion means you connect with the person. You, you empathize with them. You understand them. My colleague who's missing today because she's in the hospital with her newly born baby, right? I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh, sweet. Then yeah. I was like, oh, no, again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she just had her, had, had her son yesterday. Aww. And so now that's a connection thing, right? Now, between her and her son? Well, no, between me and her because yeah. you know, I'm empathetic to her situation. Yeah. So she's going to be off for a while. That's okay because she, you know, she worked ahead, and mm. I'm, but I'm empathetic in terms of what she may be going through in terms of, Oh, I, I'm going to leave my two-week-old at home and go back to work. Right. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Right. And so you know, got to think about the, the that's emotional intelligence. Just being emotionally and being aware of the other person's emotions. Yeah. So if we want to be, um, you know, set up for success later yep. in life, it's staying curious, always learning things, and it's being aware of emotional intelligence. So here's one a book to take a look at. It's called da written by Daniel Pink. It's called The Whole New Mind. The Whole New Mind. And what he said is we need to educate both sides of our brain. So your math and skills and all that stuff and analytics and all that's over here on your left side. Mm -hmm. I know that left is logical. Yeah. Logical, sequential, all those things, but all those are black gonna, and white. All those are automated. All those are all those are computerizable. All, all that can be automated. Yeah, and all that'll be your virtual assistant. Siri does all of that right now. Uh-huh. And then over here is empathy. It's it's synthesis, taking two ideas and putting them together and creating a third. Connecting. Connecting. And the best way to be connecting is having a diverse variety of inputs. Yes, which means diversity of thought. Right. Which often comes from a diversity of population. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. diversity of thought is what yeah. you want. Well, that's why I like living in the city because you never know who you're going to run into. Yep. And so the rest of that also comes to the, you know, if you think about diversity of, of thought, um, where, where can you find that? He said cities. So the cities are oftentimes the center of innovation because yeah. they have diversity of thought. Yeah. They have this idea. You know, you have an idea, but it's never done. No idea is ever finished. Okay. There's always somebody that can add something to it. Yeah. 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 Iteration, right? Exactly. I was speaking the other day, like, this is not the first microphone to be created. No. So the idea is how we go about that process so that we end up uh, competing in innovation rather than competing to be the cheapest place to do something. We don't want to be in a race to the bottom. Right. 
So we created New North Center for Design and Business here in Holland yeah. way back when mm-hmm. because our leadership saw us at a race to the bottom to be the cheapest place to make something. Right. They wanted to teach companies how to innovate. And how one to way create to, new. And one way to do that is you teach them design thinking. And so that's what that was about. So they were trying to instill in us a, a common language yep. in design thinking, which you benefited from. I certainly did. Not only from um, you know learning how to solve my problems in a more creative but also structured way, mm-hmm. but also from meeting people who have those um, the same language that I did, where I could communicate, this is what I'm doing, and they could use words that I would understand to help improve whatever I'm doing, and I could do the same for them. Like, hey, have you thought about this? You know, have you thought about, um, without getting, I haven't been, looked at my notes in a long time, but, but, and the last part is like, you know, it got me connected with people like you, where it's like, you know, we are able to um, have a connection, have a common understanding mm-hmm. that, you know, we're, we're forward thinking people, and so let's enjoy, you know, some company. There you go. Well, I think I'm going to have to move on. I've got a 10 o'clock call that I need to be on. So. That sounds good. It's been great having you on. Same. Um, Thank you. Appreciate you taking the time for uh, me to show I up think, here. And I think you said something earlier in one of your emails. You said, I, I may be a reoccurring character. Recurring character. Yeah, and I was trying to decide, is that like a soap opera, you know, where you, you bring them back and you bring them back and then you bump them off? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, more so. Yeah, sorry, guys, uh, Dean, <laughs> Dean has disappeared. I don't know where he's been. No, a recurring character in that um, – I think there's a lot of things that we could dive into, mm-hmm. a lot of specific things. You know, for example, you know, quantum mechanics, mm-hmm. right? That, that'd be a fun one. Um, and also, we didn't even touch on the five things that influence whether a company's going to buy a new real estate, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so... Next episode. I, yeah, exactly. I wanted to have you on so people can get introduced to you, acclimated to the kinds of things that, you know, who you are, what's important, and kind of build that common language mm-hmm. by understanding what are these trends. So instead of a soap prop, I decided it's probably the cyclical nature of things, and that means I'll, I'll cycle back around with you again. Exactly. Exactly. You know, just a different, uh, it's an orbit. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And that's the show. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, give a five-star rating, and uh, have a great day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>